amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at KillerQueensPodcast. And we're on YouTube at KillerQueens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Welcome back to our Britney editions. It's our Britney mania. Britney mania. It's Britney, bitch. We hope you have had a chance to watch this. It's on Hulu. I don't know where else you can watch it, but I do know it's on Hulu. So it says at the bottom it's FX. So I'm guessing if you have regular TV and you have FX, maybe it would be on the like on demand. Oh, I didn't know it was on FX. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cause you should definitely watch it. Like it was something that like my husband's not generally interested in you know, this subject, but he actually did watch it for a while when he was in there with me. So he was like kind of drawn to it, I guess. I guess it's just like people he recognizes and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know. He was like asking questions and stuff. So, you know, maybe more people would be into it than they think. Yeah. I think that's the same thing with boy band con. Yeah. It's more interesting than what you think it might be. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so where we left off was Brittany is having a really tough time. It's the early 2000s. She just did an interview with Diane Sawyer, who kind of reamed her little ass. And now we are transitioning into 2004. And she, there's an interview that where she's like, I don't know if I want to do music forever, you know. I think maybe music entertainment, it'll be like a side gig or something I do on the side. I want to have a family. I want to have children. Like, that's my main focus in life. And then we see her begin to start dating Kevin Federline. Mm-hmm. And, hmm, yeah, we all know how that one turned out. And Felicia, the friend, was like, I wasn't surprised at all when they got engaged. And the tabloids just go nuts for this relationship. And mm-hmm. yeah. So Britton Stone enters. Not my favorite character. <laughs> this is what begins a trickle of a few people being interviewed that are unsavory characters, in my opinion. Yeah, total garbage human beings. Yes. His job is he's the photography or was the photography director for US Weekly. From 2001 to 2011. And he said that he could spend $100,000 a week on imagery for the magazine. Then we meet Daniel Ramos. He's a celebrity videographer. And he was doing that from 2004 to 2013. 
And that is a generous title to give himself. Yes, it is. Because you know, he picked it. Oh, 100%. Well, and he's not shy to say that he never, he never wanted to be a paparazzi. He doesn't, he said he doesn't consider himself to be a paparazzi, but he really wanted to be a video maker. But he said that it sucks you in and it's hard to get out of once you start making the kinds of money that you could make there. Because at some point, especially during this documentary, they talked about Britney and one photo of her candid could bring in a million dollars. Yeah. Or could be sold for a million dollars. Yeah. So he said at the beginning, Britney enjoyed the paparazzi and she was really friendly. And he says, it was like she needed us as much as we needed her. For him to say, so they, while he's talking about this, they're showing footage of her being absolutely like bombarded with paparazzi when she's trying to go into a store, when she's trying to go through a drive-thru. And she is like nervous laughing. I think she's just like trying to not be viewed as a bitch. You know, she's like trying to... You can tell that she's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and that she's just trying to get through it. And she's trying to keep a smile on her face while she's doing it. And he's like, oh, she loved it. She played it up for the cameras. Like, she really liked being on camera. She wanted us to do that. Yes. No, that's her just trying to... Like, cope with what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if, you know... I was at the grocery store a while ago. I don't remember if I told the story on here or not, but some guy came up to me and asked me to pay for his groceries. Oh, I remember that. Because he wasn't, he said he wasn't working because of the quarantine and all that. And I don't feel comfortable saying no. So I said yes. And I was like, well, I still have shopping to do. So I don't know how long you're going to be here. And he's like, that's fine. I'll go wait up at the front for you. I'm like, okay. So I get up there and sure enough, he's sitting there waiting. And I, pay for his stuff. And I was nice to him. You know, I'm like, okay, we'll have a good day and whatever. And so he left. I paid for it in two separate things. I didn't want to walk out together because I just don't know this person. And um, that would be like, you know, this guy being like, well, I mean, she obviously wanted to pay for my stuff. I mean, it was <laughs> like, she was nice to me. She smiled. So obviously she liked it. I right. should keep doing that. Like, no, it's just some people are going to try and be as friendly as possible, no matter what the situation is. Well, yeah, and I think it's a common cons- a common theme for Southerners is that Southern hospitality where you're just nice to a fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have, I don't know if, I, I don't want to say that I have that in me, but I get def- offended if somebody's not overly nice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. if somebody doesn't hold a door open for me or smile at me pre-masks, I was like, uh, excuse me. Like, we just expect it down here. So she, I think she still had those like small town Southern values, maybe. I don't know. But deep down, she's just a sweetheart. So it's like, she mm-hmm. just didn't know how to react. And you can tell she's completely nervous and completely uncomfortable. And yeah, like you said, nervous laughter. But that's mm-hmm. the thing. He's so out of touch and so self-awareless. Mm-hmm. He's that's so... No, I know it is. That... He's like got to justify it or something, but he just has no idea. It's like he's looking at it through a lens of like, how does this work for me? So he's like, look, see, she, we trapped her. She had nowhere to go, 
But if she really wanted to leave, she would have left. Yeah, exactly. Clearly exactly. she stayed because she wanted us to get her, you know? There was 600 of us and backed her into the booth at the restaurant she was at and she couldn't even see because of all the all flashes. The flash. mm-hmm. But she was she wanted us there. She even well, asked us to come over there. And I honestly feel like a, probably a thing that paparazzi say is, well, if she didn't want to be photographed, why'd she leave her house? I was just going to say that. I really? was just going to say that, yes. And it's like, okay, so then you just expect her to never leave her house again. Yeah, like, you're, now you've got a prisoner on your hands. It's just, it's being trapped. It's so unfair. Yeah, yeah. That's why people move to Nashville because we leave their, leave their shit alone. I know. I, I don't want to leave their shit alone, but I have to because I can't find them. I personally am not uh, am not the person they're talking about when they say that I leave their shit alone because I have been out numerous times and seen Jason Marsden out and every time gone up to him and fangirled and completely lost my mind. Not in a weird way, more of like a stumbling, like just a, uh, oh my God, you're Jason Marsden. And every time he's so nice, he's so nice. He's like, yeah, yeah, thanks so much for saying hi to me. You're so awesome. And then he's like, okay, you haven't talked for five whole minutes. I'm going to walk away and it's getting weird. But I can't help myself if I get excited about somebody. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I never got a picture with him or an autograph. I just wanted to say, hey, I know you. (laughs) And you are you. And I know that you are you. Yes, and you know that you're you. And now you know that I'm me. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. Just be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Exactly. So anyway, Britain said that there was a hunger for the unposed shots. And when they got those, the magazines would sell like crazy. And I 100% am here to say I am sitting next to a People magazine and I am part of the problem. And I will never buy another one ever again. I swear to God. Like that's just, it breaks my heart and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got some thinking to do, don't you? <gasps> God. You are so supportless. <laughs> you are. I know. And I'm also blameless because I don't buy that shit. You really don't. Mm-mm. So I'm going to move on because I'm tired of talking about what a piece of shit I am. Okay. All right. Well, if you want to talk about it again, I'm here. <laughs> I, no, I know you're always ready mm-hmm. for it. So so then Brittany and Kevin go on Ellen. And Ellen's like, uh-oh, you guys have an announcement to make. And I'm sure you're really excited. And Brittany's so... Brittany's just so sweet and she looks so cute and she's smiling. She's like, yeah, we're super excited. And they announced that they're having a baby. And so once she started having kids, her personal life exploded. Everybody wanted a piece of Brittany. And Liz Day from New York Times said that almost immediately the tabloids are portraying Brittany as an unfit mother. Why is that? Well, okay. Because they could. Okay, because there was the one video of her with her infant son in her lap in the driver's seat. And she talks about it. Yeah. So the next step is when when it happens. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So she goes on to NBC's Dateline on June 15th, 2006, and she's pregnant again. Chewing gum like it's she's getting paid to. Mm, yeah. And uh, she talks to Matt Lauer, who... I don't love know. him. I don't mm-hmm. like him at mm-hmm. all. <laughs> he, But he's talking to her like she's saying that the tabloid press is dangerous, and she's absolutely right. And... He was asking her, okay, you there's they got video of you putting your son into your lap while you're driving. And she said that she did it because she was scared, because paparazzi were up next to her banging on the doors. So she said she got out and got her baby and left. And then she says that her dad used to drive with her in his lap as a child. And I'm like, okay, yeah. We used to be able to do more stuff like that when we were kids too. But times, but that was like in our yard, or you know, like we used to ride in the the bed of pickup trucks to go down to the dump, or like yeah, yeah, not far places. And this was also the nineties. But like, I don't know where she was, but it wasn't like she was in her driveway already. No, well, she said she was going through the drive thru at Starbucks. Oh. So it was just in the drive-thru? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not that big of a deal. But I, I don't know if she, like, drove all the way back home with him in her lap. Okay. But she was in a parking lot when she got out and got him. Hmm. I don't see how he's safer in her lap than he is buckled into his car seat while you're all in the car. I don't either, but I could understand. I we no, None of us know what it's like to be in a car and have people, like, banging on the doors to try to get to you. Yeah, maybe she was afraid they'd get the door open or something. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's not It's not safe. Like, I'll admit it. I mean, I can agree. The safest place for a baby in a car would be in a car seat, but I'm trying to, like, weigh it out and understand it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we can also support her while acknowledging that there are some decisions that aren't the best ones to make. But at the same time, that's every human being, you know? Totally. Like, again, she shouldn't be punished for the rest of her life for making bad decisions. Right. Absolutely. Like what we've said is this conservatorship is based on one year. Yeah. So... Matt Lauer goes on to say that all these people are weighing in and saying that what she's doing is dangerous and asking if Brittany is a bad mom. And I felt like she's so graceful and so sweet and so 
I don't know, just poised in her responses. And she's like, well, that's America for you. And you can tell, I mean, she's just so understanding, you know? Mm-hmm. Or she's playing it off well. Because I don't know how she goes on these interviews where people completely attack her and rip her to shreds. And she's like, well, I mean, I can't change everybody's mind. You know, like she's just yeah. so sweet about it. Yeah. So Brittany has two children almost back to back. They are like months, I mean, like 10, 12 months apart. Mm-hmm. There's speculation that Brittany and Kevin have marital problems. And then almost immediately after she has their second kid, Brittany files for divorce and she goes for sole custody. Kevin files for sole custody himself. And in her book, Lynn, Brittany's mom, said that she thinks that Brittany was suffering from postpartum depression. That's incredibly possible. 100%. And I feel like, I don't know, other celebrities that have been very open about it, like Chrissy Teigen, could probably weigh in much better on what that would be like as as a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. But I just cannot imagine the amount of immense pressure that she was under, mm-hmm. as well as having her mental health compromised because of all of these pressures that are on her, but also because of the hormonal aspect of having a kid. Like, I don't know. It yeah. just, it my heart just breaks for her. Yeah. Well, and at that time when she's having her kids, we certainly, I mean, we're still leagues away from where we should be with diagnosing and providing support and resources for postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there was at that time almost nothing available. They're like the doctors who are supposed to be catching this are not experts at it. Right. So what do you do? They just kind of tell you, they pat you on the back and say, keep going, like best wishes, you'll figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if she really is going through something as serious as postpartum depression, because that is a big deal. Like there needs to be something there to address that. And without that piece, her trying to do it on her own, you know, whether it be therapy or medication, both, whatever it is, like if you're just trying to handle all the same pressures along with that added layer of postpartum depression mm-hmm. and you're constantly being watched and you're constantly being, and that could have been the anxiety part of it. You know, that's what I'm wondering if like, if she felt like that, that, that threat was so severe that she needed to physically hold her child to keep him safe. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, when Jesse was really little and his little airway it was developed, but it was still, it needed just, he, I mean, he was a couple weeks early. So they said, you know, with babies that are early, this happens. And, you know, usually within a couple weeks or so, it evens itself out. But when he would sleep, it sounded to me like he couldn't breathe very well and it freaked me out. So I didn't sleep for six weeks or something. And I would hold him at night and I would just stay awake because I was terrified that something was going to happen to him. I could not, I couldn't lay him down and just go to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, like... That's crazy. I don't know. So whether it's, you know, whether it's a real threat or a perceived threat, you have a hard time getting that out of your head, you know? Mm -hmm. And you feel like you've got, you have to 
do something to control the situation. Yes. I can't even imagine. So I wonder if that's maybe where that was coming. Because you look at it now and you're like, you know, like I said, the safest place for your child in a car is in the car seat. Mm -hmm. But if you've got that factor, that could have been some of her thinking and just nobody caught it. Yes. So (laughs) Britton Stone said that the main thing that became the most fascinating was her unraveling. Nice. Yeah, it was, yeah. Profit off of people's private pain. Exactly. At this time, Britney Spears starts going out with Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and tabloids begin to attack her further. They call it the blonde bimbo party. I could not believe that. I mean, Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan are not my favorites. Right. But that's fucking rude. Like It is. I just hate how people just automatically give women these, oh, you're blonde, you're you're a bimbo, you're stupid, you're a dumb blonde, you're whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you can be smart and be a woman. Exactly. Like, I think that that's the biggest takeaway. Well, not the biggest, but that's the takeaway for our personal lives. Mm-hmm. And Britain goes on to say... Listen, the goal wasn't to be negative about people, but it's to enjoy their lives in a somewhat aspirational or relatable way. That and is he's, not That is not what he's doing. No, and he's smirking the whole time he's fucking saying it. Mm-hmm. He's like, maybe, maybe there's a lot of girls watching this and they'll be stupid enough to believe what I'm saying. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... That's, it's gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. To enjoy their lives, first of all, none of our business in a somewhat aspirational or relatable way? hmm No. Mm-mm. No. Like, yeah, we can get a video of her playing with her kid or whatever. We shouldn't, though. Like, right. we shouldn't. Her kid doesn't need to be opened up to that. Mm-mm. And I'm sure if she had a choice, he wouldn't have been. They right. wouldn't have been. Absolutely. So then we see the paparazzi attacking Brittany, and it's gotten worse. Like now she's, you know, she's walking in places and she's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. And because they, they're, they're creating a mountain and a wall of people around her where she cannot even get through. Yeah. And people, the paparazzi are fighting over who can get the shot or something. Like, they're, like, going to blows about it. And they just will not leave her alone, and she is not doing okay with it. And then we flash back to the interview with Matt Lauer, and he's like, what do you think it'll take for the paparazzi to leave you alone? And she's like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And then she starts crying. Yeah. It's sad. It is. It is. It's so sad. So then we go to 2007, and the big news story that's everywhere, it's Britney Spears shaving her head. Yeah. You hear 2007, and that's what you think. Exactly. Kim Kyman says, it's so fun to take a young, talented, beautiful girl and rip her to shreds. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what people, that's exactly what the world did to her. Mm-hmm. Jay Leno and fucking David Letterman come back in, and they're making fun of her. They're like, oh... It's so cold out, even Britney's head's chapped. And mm. this is the most trouble she's been in outside of marriage. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Seriously. Yeah, just making complete fun of her. It's mm-hmm. it's so sad. And Wesley Morris is like, 
The fact that people could look at her and only see a crazy person proves what a vulturous industry she was working in. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. So then we see Daniel Ramos. He's the paparazzi. And he said that he got a call from some guy named Roberto that said, grab your video camera and come and you can probably get Britney by yourself. So he catches up to them and he found out that Britney was visiting Kevin at his home. She was going to see the kids and Daniel's like, the kids meant the world to her. And so when she goes up to ring the bell to go in or like, you know, do the whole like, hey, it's me, can I come in? Kevin said no. So then Brittany, she's with her cousin, Allie. They go to a gas station and they wait. Of course, Daniel gets out with his video camera and he goes up to her and she's just sitting in the car minding her own business. Yeah. He goes up in the windshield and he's like, hey, Brittany, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? And he's like, I was concerned about her. He's like, I'm, we're really concerned. We're really worried about you. Are you okay? And he's just filming her the entire time. Brittany doesn't say anything to him. Then they drive back to Kevin's house. They buzz again. Kevin still won't let her in. So she's upset. He says that they pull into a Jiffy Lube. Daniel gets out, goes to her car, and he's like, hey, Brittany, all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a couple questions and I'm going to leave you alone, okay? And Allie goes up to them, the cousin, and she's like, guys, leave her alone. Like, she's, please, guys, please, just leave her alone. Leave her alone. Well, Brittany gets completely fed up with this, which I don't blame her. She grabs an umbrella and she just goes ham on his car. Like she beats it with the umbrella. And all I could think of was Lucille from Arrested Development. And I was like, good for her. Like, I don't know. I was just so fed up for her because what they've done is they've created this like pressure cooker of emotion with Brittany and she, they, they will not leave her alone. Yeah. So finally, she got fed up. And not saying that she should have done what she did, but I'm like, well, I mean, what did you expect to have happen? Yeah. So Daniel is like, because afterwards, somebody else is in the shot and they're like, oh my gosh, she did that to your car? She did that? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then we go back to like Daniel being interviewed and he's like, you know, that was not a good night for Brittany, but (laughs) it wasn't a good night for us either, but it ended up being a good night because we got a lot of money. It was a good money shot. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the director, whoever's interviewing him, is like, so do you think the having the paparazzi around affected Brittany at all? And he's like, I don't really think so because working on her for so many years, she never gave a clue or information to us at all that like, I don't appreciate you guys. Leave me the F alone. Yeah. N- not once did she ever say, I want you to leave me alone. Yeah. He's like, huh. she, the, those exact words, Daniel Ramos, Celebrity videographer, I want you to leave me alone forever. She didn't yeah. say those words to me. Mm-mm. And the director's like, well, what about when she asked to be left alone? What about when she said, hey, guys, leave me alone? And he's like, well, there were times when she asked to be left alone for the day, but it wasn't like, leave me alone forever. Yeah, like just, hey, today, right this second, I'm not feeling it. Come back tomorrow, okay? Because I'll be totally happy. Like, Everything that she ever did leading up to this told you that that day with your car was coming. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have done nothing but harass her. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets pushed to a breaking point. Yeah. All they did was harass her and call it a, a favor. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. 
So Lynn does an interview where they ask her what's happening with Brittany because Brittany apparently at that point claimed that things were bad with Brittany and her mom and that Lynn had something to do with everything that was going on. And Lynn was like, look, we're just trying to do everything that we can do to help her. We don't have any control over anything that's happening. October 2007, Brittany loses physical custody of her children and she is given visitation rights. So she, at that point, fired her long-term manager. She's been alienated from people in her family. And a reporter says that Brittany is desperately seeking friendship and will befriend anyone and then enters a man named Sam Lefty. Joe Coscarelli, pop music reporter of the New York Times, says that it's common for Sam to attach himself to celebrities often when they're they're the most vulnerable. And so at this point, Sam becomes her advisor and he tried to be her manager. Joe said that Brittany's parents saw Sam as sort of the architect for a lot of her downfall. Uh, They didn't really, like, expand on that, though. Like, did he get access to her financials at this point? Like, is this where the conservatorship starts coming about? Like, did she give him access to stuff that, that then he started moving things around or, you know? Yeah, I have no idea. They didn't say anything about that. I don't know if there was, like, a threat of that or... I have no idea. I have no idea. They literally spent like two minutes on this Mm -hmm. and they didn't really go into anything other than he attaches himself to people when they're vulnerable and her parents think he's the reason for her downfall. Like what, what happened? And I feel like they could have maybe pulled from other places if they needed more time because they needed to spend more time on this. Yeah, exactly. So Wesley Morris said that there wasn't any talk about her mental health, only what was wrong with her. So they're like, she's crazy, but they don't ever say anything about how maybe she's struggling mentally. Mm -hmm. There was so much money to be made off of her suffering and people are going to cash in on that. There was a category on Family Feud that was called Name Something Britney Spears Has Lost in the Past Year. And some of the answers were her hair, her mind, her marriage, her career. I could not with that. And everybody's like laughing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just, again, it's... When you've got somebody who's clearly going through the levels of things that she was going through. And then the only thing she hears about herself in the media are things like that. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the whole world is against you. It's like, you can't make somebody do things. You know, you couldn't make somebody necessarily kill themselves, I guess. But you can certainly add on heaps and heaps and heaps of things that make them feel like they should. Like, well, I think that that goes back to, it's like you can't make somebody shoot themselves, but you can hand them a loaded gun. Yeah. I mean, that's that's bullying. Mm-hmm. That's, and it's coming from all sides. Like the fact that she's been able to keep going at all, I think is Oh, incredible. I know. I know. And still somehow felt like, being a part of the public eye, you know, like being, because the only thing that I've seen from her these days is her Instagram account. 
And the fact mm-hmm. that she keeps posting is pretty amazing because she could very easily like become reclusive and never want to be seen again. Mm-hmm. And so by early 2008, Brittany has become a frequent punchline in tabloid headlines and on television. And we kind of talked about that. So by January 2018, Brittany was rushed to a hospital. She refused a court order to return her kids over to Kevin, and she went to the hospital for mental health. January 14th, 2008, she's in court for custody. January 31st, brought back to the hospital and put on a 5150 hold. And a 5150 hold is the number of the selection of the Welfare and Institutions Code which allows a person with a mental challenge to be involuntarily detained for a 72-hour psychiatric hospitalization. A person on a 5150 hold can be held in the psychiatric hospital against their will for up to 72 hours. I don't know who called this on her, but it happened. Yeah. This is when Jamie files for temporary conservatorship over Brittany. That leads me to believe that maybe Jamie was in charge of the 5150. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, they say that it's weird because she's so young and productive, but there's speculation that she's battling with mental health issues or drug addiction. And it's also weird that because Jamie hasn't been in her life much at all before this. I wonder if the court ordered it. Yeah, maybe. Because she didn't return the kids back. Because that's technically kidnapping. Mm, Yeah. And maybe, maybe it was a deal where they said, we won't press charges if you, go and have an evaluation done. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, because that's definitely something, I mean, you just cannot do that. No, right. It's that, because once you, once you do something like that, it's really, really hard to get your parental rights back. You've got to jump through a lot of hoops at that point to prove. Mm Mm-hmm. If if anybody's watching, I mean, then there's all these cases that we've seen where like the the people uh forgot to pay attention to that particular kid, but right, exactly. True. Yeah. Vivian Lee Thoreen, who is a lawyer, was involved in the preliminary proceedings of the conservatorship. And she said she can't talk about anything that she did specifically, but she said she can talk about it in hypothetical terms. She said that the rights of the conservatee is what everyone is worried about. Some people need conservatorship over the person. What am I going to eat? Where will I live? Having a conservatorship over a state is someone who cannot control their finances or they're susceptible to undue influence or fraud. Undue influence seemed like a real concern for Brittany's parents. So they ended up filing a restraining order against Sam Lutfi. And in the legal documents, it said that he had taken control of her life, house, finances, and had been drugging her. Again, we get no information or reason why they felt that way. Mm -mm. And I think that part of the reason is probably because we see at the end, Lutfi, all of the Spears, another lawyer that is a big part of the conservatorship, none of them wanted to take part in this interview or this documentary. So. Right, yeah. He, of course, denied the allegations, but the court did grant the restraining order. It seems, though, that he never really exits the picture. He sues the family. He pops up in later restraining orders as recent as 2019. One day after Brittany was hospitalized, a temporary conservatorship was granted. 
and Jamie Spears is appointed the conservator of Britney's person. He and a man named Andrew Wallet were appointed conservators over her estate and finances. Hmm. And it's like, well, who's he? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just a lawyer. Yeah, it's just very strange. I don't, it's just very strange. Very strange. So Brittany is released from the hospital and she goes to the Beverly Hills Hotel. And Larry King is talking about it on his show with Anderson Cooper and Michael Moore. And Michael Moore says, wouldn't it be less sad if we just leave her alone and let her live her life? I'm like, yeah, that's the first time I've ever been on board with Michael Moore, I think. I know. Larry King and Anderson Cooper are kind of like going back and forth about like, what do you think? What do you think? And then they're about to cut or like go to commercial. And Michael Moore's like, well, hang on, hang on a second, guys. I have something to say. And then he says that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Groundbreaking over here. Yeah, what exactly. if we just what butted out a bit? Idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, how about this is none of our goddamn business? Yeah, exactly. So then we meet Adam Streisand and he's a trial lawyer and he does stuff with conservatorships and battles over estates. He gets a call from her family because Jamie was trying to establish a conservatorship over her. And I think it was more, it was a permanent conservatorship over her. Uh-huh. Then they met at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And the first question he had was if Brittany was able to, or if she had the capacity to hire him and the ability to take his advice. And he says Brittany was able to understand what was happening. He said that she had sound judgment. And she was like, look, I know that it's going to happen no matter what. I know that I can't get around this. The only thing that I want is for my dad to not be the conservator. and. She didn't want him to have anything regarding her, like be not be over anything right. regarding her. So the day that they go to court, the judge is like, I have a medical report. You have not seen it and I am not going to show it to you. But it says that she's not capable of retaining or directing counsel on her own. And so Adam Streisand was not able to represent her and someone was appointed to her. I could not believe that. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that. She can hire a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I don't know, maybe this is a super obvious answer, but if she can't direct the counsel that she hires, how come she can direct the counsel that's appointed to her? Mm-hmm. You still have to work with counsel either way, right? A lawyer is a lawyer. Why can't you pick who you want? And I feel like, the conservatorship, all it's done for Britney specifically, but because I don't know any other conservatorships, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with anybody else. All it's done is fuck her over. She has literally mm-hmm. everything taken away from her. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And she's paying for everybody's way to do that. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. It's, that's not... That's not what Al Gore created conservatorships for. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the court appoints lawyer Sam D. Ingham III as Britney's court-appointed counsel. The conservator can appoint security guards for her all day. He can say who and who can't visit her. The conservator has control over her medical records, can talk to her doctors, has control over her house, can cancel her credit cards, can control her TV and music deals, and they're deeply involved with her finances. And people said that she accepted the conservatorship because she was scared of not seeing her kids. And a few weeks after she starts 
the whole conservatorship, she's able to see her kids again and has visitation rights restored. That's uh, telling. Mm-hmm. Because they're obviously holding that over her head. Yeah, they, they took... See, this is manipulation. The thing that they know will hurt her the most and they're using it against her. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. To get what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is only money. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is. Like, you know, we're gonna find out. I think pretty soon here that they're they're literally using this conservatorship as a business model, mm-hmm. and how that has not been noticed by the judge and struck down, because obviously then that does not put the conservatees' interest up front, and that's no, it's what it's slave supposed labor. to be for. Yeah, it's slave labor. Like. I don't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so sad. Mm-hmm. On October 28th, 2008, the conservatorship is made permanent. So Vivian, the lawyer, explains to us that if there's a conservatorship agreement and the conservatee at some point consents, then that conservatee cannot just wake up one day and be like, you know what? I'm done with this conservatorship. I'm just going to be done with that. And it's just not going to happen anymore. They have to file a petition to terminate it. Then they would have to have a trial. And it's the burden of the conservatee to say, I don't want this anymore. And they have to prove, you know, that they are in fact in control of all their stuff. They can make sound decisions, you know, all the things. And so they ask her, have you ever known anyone who successfully terminated a conservatorship? And she said, no, (laughs) never. It's legit, legit a life sentence. Yeah. Once someone, and for her to be what, at that whatever point, 2008, I would guess she's what, in her mid thirties? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I guess. I can't, I mean, I don't know the math. I I don't math, but uh, young. Mm-hmm. And her for the whole rest of her life, unless she wins something, because like we talked about for the first episode, it's on par with an exoneration. It's damn near impossible mm-hmm. to be exonerated from this conservatorship. So she literally, unless she like gets this like miracle move, she's going to have everything decided for her for the whole rest of her life. Yeah. The whole rest of her life. Yeah. And it seems like she doesn't really get, like, doesn't even get a say in now what contracts are signed on her behalf, Mm -mm. what work she's doing, what things that she's booking. Like, it's basically, she's just told, okay, you're going to go here, you're going to go there, you're going to go here. No, she's a puppet. And by the way, you're going to deposit all that money into my bank account. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is slave labor. Yeah. So then we get on-screen text that says, shortly after filming her interview, Vivian Thoreen rejoined the conservatorship legal team representing Jamie Spears. And she says, you know, the conservatorship, the people involved in it care deeply for Brittany. They really are looking out for her best interests. Bullshit. Okay. Who's signing your check? Exactly. Exactly. So there is a clip from 
MTV's documentary called Britney for the Record. And they actually let a let the crew come in and like film them. And this is during the first year of the conservatorship. And Jamie's making grits and he gives them to Brittany and she's like, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's good. And uh and he's very like super charismatic. You can tell he's like, we're gonna show everybody that everything's fine. And he's like, you know what Southern girls like for breakfast? Cheese grits. And I don't know. It's like, who are you trying to convince, man? <laughs> yeah, it's it's and there's so much tension between them. It's just very it's palpable. Mm-hmm. They're not getting along. Mm-mm. They're tolerating each other and they're trying to make it work for this film crew, honestly. Yeah. Brittany kind of gets vulnerable with how she how she feels about being in this conservatorship. Almost immediately, she's back to work. Within two months, she's guest starring on TV. And by the end of 2008, she's recorded and released an album and is preparing to go on tour. So she's just right back to working her ass off. Mm -hmm. She's like a machine. Yeah. And Felicia said that once the conservatorship went into effect, her role changed. So, you know, before all this, she was like next to she was assistant to the district manager basically mm-hmm. and now they're like mm, we don't we we don't really like like need your services yeah anymore like not the way that she was before she was directly connected to Brittany and handling and like traveling with her and trying to look out for her and like all these things and then they had her giving backstage tours and Showing people to their seats. Mm-hmm. And she's so sweet about it. She's like, mm-hmm. the family didn't hire me after that. The touring company did. And she's like, I just, I don't think that they, maybe they just didn't know the role that I had before. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, Catherine and McSnut. She could see the bright side of a plague, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's just like, like maybe not. They just don't want you close to Britney anymore. They don't want you around. But she's like, well, maybe they just didn't know. Yeah. I mean, because she, of all people, that's what I don't understand. Why didn't they make her the conservator? Why Mm -hmm. not her mom? But if not her mom, why not her? Well, yeah, she had the best, she had Britney's best interest at heart. Uh huh. But yeah. If you got Jamie, and it wouldn't have been the selfish thing Mm -hmm. because she's not going to benefit from it. She's just making sure. It goes to Britney like it should. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so at this point, Britney's doing a ton of things. And then she gets a residency in Vegas. And when she was doing her residency in Vegas, it was one of the most popular residencies in Vegas history. She was bringing in $1 million a week. Uh-huh. Jamie gets approved to receive 1.5% of the gross revenues related to performances and merch. I guess I missed where Jamie, his performance in it. Like, when does he come on stage? Yeah, I was looking for that too. And unfortunately, I could not find that information. Yeah, I just don't understand it because I must have missed it. I don't know. But I know everybody's not going to see Jamie fucking Spears. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So why he deserves any of that money is beyond me. Right. Jamie seems like the kind of guy that has kids because then they can pay you back. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
just for that to be her father, though, like I cannot wrap my head around looking at your child as dollar signs and not looking at your child as the person you want to protect, a person that you love more than your own life. Like, yeah. Well, but I mean, that's there's a ton of child stars that get emancipated from their families because of that. Yeah. It's awful, but it yeah. happens. And I'm sure the it's got to be so different for people with kids. Like I don't have kids, so I don't know what that feels like to look at them and be like, oh my gosh, you know, you probably have such a whole different take on it than I do. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I couldn't imagine that either. I mean, that's so much that you're having to keep up with and not being able to see your kids as much as you want. And yeah, all the things that just adds to it. Mm-hmm. So Brittany is living the life of a busy pop star, but she's being treated like she's not capable of handling herself. And Dave Holmes is like, when there's that much money to be made, you have to question the motives of everyone around you, especially if they're pulling her into positions where she can't decide anything for herself. Mm-hmm. Brittany gets Instagram. <laughs> and this is, in the grand scheme of things, like I've definitely seen articles and whatever where they're like, oh my gosh, breaking news. Kim Kardashian posted on Twitter. And I'm like, that's breaking news. This is actually pertinent information. And it, <laughs> it has it's a, it's a big deal for what we're talking about. So yeah. So she never talks about the conservatorship and people start wondering if she's sending messages through it. Like subliminal messages through her Instagram. Babs Gray who, I love the name Babs, I'm obsessed, <laughs> and I like her glasses and her curly hair. Uh, she is the host or co-host of Britney's Graham podcast. Which is a podcast only about Britney's Instagram. Girl, that you, if there is a will, there is a way. You could make a podcast about anything. And as a fellow podcaster, I'm here for it. Do you. That's yeah. fine with me, but it's, it's just pretty so amazing. Funny. Yeah, it is. And pretty like, amazing. I mean, there's a whole Instagram account called Keith Leans on Things, and it's mm-hmm. just different shots of Keith leaning on stuff from Dateline. Like, it happens. Yeah, it's crazy. And they've got like 30,000 followers. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just giving just the people what they Keith's want. Keith's lean. I know. Or like this adorable little pug that I love, Lulu. Like, if I could just get to her, well, she's got 365,000 followers. So. We got a ways to go. I know. I know. Wow. So Babs said that they started the podcast with being fascinated with her Instagram. And then Tess Barker, who's the other co-host, says that one day Babs was like, why don't we do a podcast and just dissect Britney's Instagram? I'm like, wow. (laughs) And they love her so much and are so mm-hmm. invested in Britney together. Yeah, they're not coming at it from a place of like trying Making to rip fun apart. Of, no. Yeah, they're coming at it from like, is she asking for help? What's going on? They, Yeah, they genuinely care about her. Yeah. October 15th, 2018, Andrew Wallet, her co-conservator, was petitioning for a raise from the court. And this is a direct quote from the legal documents. It said, the conservatee's business activities have greatly accelerated due to her increased well-being and her capacity to be more engaged in furthering her career activities. The next several years promise to be very lucrative for the conservatorship estate. This conservatorship should be viewed as a hybrid business model. Uh, no. 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 
No. You're uh, exploiting uh-huh. someone that you're claiming is ill-equipped to handle herself. Should be viewed as a hybrid business model. This is reminiscent. It's not the same. It is not the same. And I know that. And just, again, we need to teach her that says it's not the same. It's not the same. But it reminds me of Lou Perlman trying to like pull the wool over everybody's eyes, being like, well, I'm the sixth and sync member. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. No, you're not. Yeah. Because, okay, if you're calling it a business model... You cannot make your business profiting off of somebody else's work. Right. Like, that's not a business. That's so many other things, but it's not a business. It's It's, like pyramid scheme, but even worse. Yeah, because it's not... There's nothing... It's not set up for that. It's supposed to be set up to protect the conservatee, which it is not doing in her case. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, if she is susceptible to somebody coming in and being like, hey, give me all your money, you know, I'll put it into this and that and this and that for you and I'll make sure that you get what you need and all this stuff. If she is susceptible to somebody like that and she's not able to discern between somebody who's genuinely looking out for her and somebody who's selling her a bill of goods, Mm -hmm. then okay, but you know, like she said, if she's not ever going to get to make another decision for herself, will you at least appoint somebody as conservator that she can tolerate to be around? Well, and what's happening is Andrew Wallet and Jamie Spears, they're the wolves in sheep's clothing. They're like, mm-hmm. we don't trust anybody else. They're trying to take her money. We need to handle this. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, they're like, we totally got all our money. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's totally fucked up. Yeah. Good way to good way to put it. <laughs> so October 18th, 2018, this is live in Las Vegas. Uh, Brittany was supposed to announce the domination residency and do a performance and then an interview. So they have a big thing set up for this. Mario Lopez is hosting her come down, like uh, announcing her come down, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big damn deal. Mm-hmm. And she she comes up, she walks down, she's like smiling and like waving a little bit here and there. And then she literally walks right the fuck past everybody. She doesn't stop, she doesn't talk, she doesn't do anything. And she gets in her car and she leaves. And everybody was like, that was it? They were like, uh. Like we live streamed this. Yeah. <laughs> Does she just go somewhere? <laughs> like, done. She's like, yep, not talking to you guys. And then Andrew Wallet quits. And also, why is his last name Wallet? I don't know. I can't stand it. That's not a last name. <laughs> it's like, it's cabinet was your last name. <laughs> well, I think you're forgetting about a little guy like called George Glass. George Glass is a real person. No, that's true. Don't he's, offend him by saying he's, he's not. my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> just weird. Yeah. It definitely is weird. So then Brittany posts a meme on her Instagram and all it says is this uh, just like white background, black font. And it says, we all need to take a little me time with a... And she puts it in the caption with um, an emoticon. So it's like a smiley faced emoticon. So the colon and the end parentheses. And... 
the girls from the podcast, they're like, look, she, we know Brittany. She's an emoji girl. If she, and this is 2018, if she's mm-hmm. going to post a smiley face, it's going to be an emoji. It's not going to be an emoticon. Mm-hmm. We know that. And it seemed pretty suspicious. And TMZ then reports that Brittany checked herself voluntarily into a mental health facility. Then the girls from the podcast get a voicemail. This is a very interesting voicemail. Very. Yeah, because this is somebody who said that they worked with the law firm that handled Brittany's conservatorship. Mm-hmm. And that none of this was a decision that she ever made. They've just had her in the mental health facility. Mm-hmm. And and she can't say no to that. But that's, that's where they want her. So ugh, so crazy. Yeah. Brittany's Graham, the podcast shares the info, like shares the voicemail that they got. In an interview with the Washington Post, Brittany's manager, Larry Rudolph, denied the anonymous caller's claims, stating that Brittany asked to go to the facility and that conservators have no legal standing to force treatment. I don't believe that for a fucking second. (sighs) Yeah, I don't either. If she's going into mental facilities over and over again, that's going to look bad on her custody battle. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just going to require more things to be put into place before she can be with her kids the way she wants to be. Well, and I think what happened, if I may, she is starting to buck the conservatorship at this point. Uh-huh. So she, if she just played it cool mm-hmm. and she just acted, quote unquote, right, according to Jamie, like, okay, you do your residency. We're going to make a shitload more money doing your domination residency. Right. Act right. You do this. And she is the only person like what could she what could he do when the cameras are rolling like that was a power move on her part she was like fuck this i'm not doing it so she gets in the car and drives away doesn't the mental health facility after that for britney doesn't that kind of seem like a punishment right like you didn't act right we had a deal now we're going to make it look bad on your custody battle yeah It just it just seems like there's so many things at play that are seem to deliberately be working against her. Yes. Which is really weird to me because I just did not realize like Well, it's like you gotta start pulling the sweater. Pretty yep. soon the whole thing will unravel, you know? That's totally true. Yeah. I just didn't know how deeply rooted it was and how um what's the word? volatile it is or I don't there's like a lot of animosity. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. it's yeah. explosive. Yeah, absolutely. So then we meet free Britney activists, hashtag free Britney, who are pushing the free Britney movement and Jamie is fucking pissed. I mean, he's mad. He said it's conspiracy shit. Then we hear that Brittany and her dad are not on good terms. Kevin Federline takes out a restraining order against Jamie, and he said that he'd been violent with one of Brittany's sons. And I do remember when that happened. I do too. I mean, I remember when a lot of this stuff happened, but I remember when that specifically happened because I'm like, what? Her dad? Like, 
what in the world would you need to do? And the kids are what, like 10 or 11 at this point? I was going to say they're like preteens. They're young. Like, Uh what is happening? That's your grandson. Mm -hmm. (sighs) On September 9th, 2019, citing health reasons, Jamie Spears temporarily steps down and is replaced as conservator of Britney's person. But he remains in control of her finances. Lucky him. Uh Uh-huh. Lynn Spears is now requesting to be in charge of the conservatorship. And she's like, you know, I just want to have a voice in my daughter's life. Like, I want I want to have some say in this. July 23rd, 2020, Brian Spears, Brittany's brother, gives an interview to the podcast as not seen on TV. He said that he doesn't really understand the free Brittany thing. But when asked, the host is like, do you think that Brittany's being held against her will? Uh-huh. And he's like... Oh, every day, every day. And then he kind of laughs. And he's like, well, she, yeah, she didn't want to be there, but you know, like, yeah, whatever. And he's uh, like, I'm the only one of two males in the family. The females in the family, they are strong willed. They like to speak their mind. They want to do whatever they want. And the, co- the host is like, well, isn't that kind of your human right as a person? Shouldn't you be able to do that? And he's like, well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of sucks. I just felt very confused by the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, so you're saying yes or no? Like what? Because you actually just said both of them and then you flip-flopped them seven more times. Like exactly. I don't, What was I the don't point get, of this interview? Yeah, exactly. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Go away now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yep. That interview attracts attention as the family rarely speaks about the conservatorship. So a lot of people thought that interview was gold, even though he literally said nothing in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said nothing and he said everything. I guess so. So now we're back to 2020, August of 2020. Brittany appears to be publicly signaling that she wants some changes. Her case could make changes to the conservatorship world as a whole. Brittany, with her lawyer, say that they want a bank to become conservator over her finances. These are legal documents that state, at this point in her life, Brittany welcomes and appreciates the informed support of her many fans. Brittany herself is vehemently opposed to this effort by her father to keep her legal struggle hidden away in the closet as a family secret. In this case, it is not an exaggeration to say that the whole world is watching. And I think that's, uh, you better watch out, Jamie Spears. Exactly. Like, it's a uh, tombstone. Oh, hell's coming with him? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so November 10th, there's a court hearing. The whole family is there and the public is actually allowed in as well. Not very many, of course. Like, people have to like go in, come out, go in, come out. But it's kind of crazy that the public's even allowed to go in. Lynn wants sole conservatorship over Britney's estate. Duh. Liz Day from the New York Times said that there's some talk about there being a conflict of interest in conservatorships. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Because in Britney's case, she's paying for almost everyone on all sides. She's paying for her own lawyer, her conservators, and her conservators' lawyers. So that day on November 10th, the judge did not suspend Jamie. (laughs) The public calls on him to step down, and he fucking refuses. 
He says that he loves Brittany and it would actually harm her for him to step down. Okay, Dan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay. Well, if if we want to play this game where we just lie through our fucking teeth, I can do that. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't know sure. we were playing that game, but okay. Sure. okay. That's the game you want to play. So the judge doesn't take Jamie off, but he does allow Brittany to add a bank to be one of her co-conservators. So she got half of what she wanted, but... But then, like, you and I talked about this a little bit. Well, what does that mean, though? Does that mean that Jamie still has the final say? Does that mean Mm -hmm. that they have to... Like, do they have to come to an agreement? Like... No idea. How does that work? Because I don't see Jamie giving up compromising in any way on a decision that he wants to make. Uh, Lord, no. Lord, no. Because I did some research because when I've talked about it to different people, they're like, oh, are Britney Spears' parents together? And I'm like, well, of course they're not. Obviously they're not. They broke up in 2002. Then they reconciled in 2010. And as of now, it says they're still together. What? Yes. Okay. I thought they were broken up too because I was like, well, I totally get it. He's a douchebag. What the Mm, fuck? Yeah. So unless there's something that I don't know, they're still, they're legally married still. Holy shit. So that all by itself shows you because Lynn says that she just wants to say so in her daughter's life. But she has no say so. Yeah. And it seems like if she's married to... To Jamie. Yeah, that she should still have some say in it. Yeah, you would think. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I feel I didn't surprised. either. I know. I was waiting for the right moment to pop out. Just drop the bomb on you. Well, you did it. <laughs> you did it. So then at this point in the documentary, Adam Streisand comes back on and he's like, her lawyer, Ingham, said, Brittany's a high-functioning conservative. I don't even know what that means. If she's saying, I don't want my father to be conservator, I wouldn't perform if he is. Maybe she doesn't need a conservatorship. The problem is we don't know what we don't know. And I'm like, preach, girl, preach. Yeah. Felicia ends the documentary saying that she knows that at some point, Brittany will tell her story and that the truth will come out. And we end it with on-screen text saying, court hearings for the conservatorship, including the dispute over Jamie Spears' role as a co-conservator of the estate, remain ongoing. The following people or their representatives did not respond to or declined requests to be interviewed on camera. Jamie Spears, Lynn Spears, Jamie Lynn Spears, Brian Spears, Andrew Wallet, last name Wallet, someone who has a last name Wallet, Samuel D. Ingham III and Sam Lufty. The New York Times attempted to reach Britney Spears directly to request her participation in this project. It is unclear if she received the requests. I mean, fuck. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just sad. It's so sad. The whole thing is sad. It's like, does everybody make some bad decisions? Yep. And if if I was, you know, if any of us, if any of us were, had our adult rights taken away from us, you know, I mean, Tori, just think about your daily decisions. Oh, geez, I knew you were You know what I mean? Shit. No, I don't know <laughs> what you mean. 
Well, bitch. You, should I, you want me to list them? No, 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 I don't want you to list them. But you know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's some, there's things that like all of us do. And it's like, you know, did I mean to spend $200 at Target? No, I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Exactly. But I'm still allowed to go shopping because I still work, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous that And I really do feel like a lot of that probably had a lot more to do with postpartum issues than anybody realized at the time. Yes, I do, though, think she, the way that she is now, she seems very different. The the tone of her voice is completely different. Yeah. The look of her eyes is very different. And I don't know her. I don't know her. I'm, this is speculation, and I'm doing exactly what we've like, crucified people for doing already, but we're talking about it and I care about her. So I'm going to talk about it. I wonder, and this isn't a judgment, but I just wonder, is, has she, is she being drugged because of this conservatorship? You know what I mean? Like, is she, is she on some very powerful medications? Yeah. I've wondered that too, because I've seen, yeah, I've seen some of the Instagram stuff and it does see, it, it just seems like there's something going on there. And I do wonder about that because he has complete control over her and it's in his best interest. I'm not saying that he would have her on medication just to keep her from being able to make sound decisions, but... But who would benefit if she couldn't? Exactly, because he needs her to... Comply. Yeah, and he needs her to appear to not be able to make those decisions for herself. Absolutely. And her posting on Instagram, looking the way that she does, probably just plays right into what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because it does seem like there's something not not right there. Well, and it is kind of interesting to me that she's not, for all intents and purposes, it seems like she's not really able to make any kind of calls or make any decisions for herself. But the one thing that they've given her is Instagram. Yeah. Is it because it's one of those, like, give her enough rope to hang herself? Hmm. Yeah. And how hard would that be to go from orchestrating your own empire, being completely involved, making all of those hard decisions, like you being the final say, and then you building something that is absolutely one of the most successful pop careers in history, and then somebody telling you, you can't do this for yourself anymore. You're not you're not fit to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not equipped to do that. You can't handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's enough to break somebody's spirit. Absolutely. Because she can do it. She knows she can. And I'm still bewildered that they've given financial control to somebody who has filed bankruptcy, mm-hmm. who's been in and out of rehab. What makes him the better option here? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if the conservatorship is 100% what she needs, which I don't believe it is. But if it is, let's put somebody like we said, like Felicia, into the conservatorship role. Uh Uh-huh. Or conservator role, excuse me. Because we need to pick somebody, if it's legit for her benefit, we need to find somebody that's going to benefit her. Right. Yeah. And I feel like if Jamie is saying that he's doing this for her, Where are the receipts? What are Mm -hmm. you doing with that money? Where's it going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And who the fuck is Andrew Wallet? <laughs> What's an Andrew Wallet? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never heard of her. I don't understand it. They made him up. They did. He's not even real. No, he's not. Conspiracy theories. Spooky. Yeah, we're getting at the bottom of this Andrew Wallet shit. <laughs> Trella, you're not even real. Okay, well, now you're freaking me out. <laughs> so that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Man, sad shit, you know? I know. And you know what? They never end well, but I am, there's a dark cloud over this one because mm-hmm. it's ongoing. I know that they've removed Jamie from from something. We got tagged in some stuff online about it. They made a call last week, I think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hang on. A judge's decision to deny Britney Spears' father increased power over her affairs was a rare move that could indict, no, that could indicate diminished faith in Jamie Spears' fitness for the role. The Thursday ruling by Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny denies Jamie Spears' objections to sharing monetary control over the conservatorship with an in, with a financial institution, Bessemer Trust. Oh. So he wanted to get back on and be co-conservator with Bessemer Trust, the bank. Mm-hmm. And the judge was like, uh, excuse me, how about hell no? Right. I think that that's a, that's a direct quote. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's a, it's a small win, but... Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's like a step forward. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like you need, you needed to have that one, you know, where the tide starts to turn, you know? Mm-hmm. Man. I hope so. But that's, that's all she wrote, guys. Until we get more information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause this thing ain't over. Yeah. So let us know what you think. What's your favorite Britney song? Oh my God. Mine 100% is Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know. I, Literally, it's like an anthem for my life. Like, I am constantly, like, just in life in general. I don't want to be the last one to know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I really love that song. I also really like Toxic. Well, <laughs> obvious reasons. I also really liked that. What was that slow song where it's like, and it's like got the little, like, uh, and every time I try. But I fall without my wings. I feel so small. You know mm-hmm. what I'm about? Nope. Ugh. Damn it. It was like around toxic time. Hmm. And it's a very slow song. And it has this almost like a jewelry box kind of music playing. Ding, ding, ding. Man, it sounds familiar. Are you going to sing it again? <sighs> Please, no. <laughs> Every time uh, <laughs> you're gonna I Google the lyrics, try to fly, I fall. Yes. Uh, well, that's probably gonna. It's work. called Every Time. Every time. What album is it on? Hang on. It's by Britney. Duh. <laughs> it is on Go View album. In the zone with Toxic on it. Yeah. Remember? Yep. Yeah, what you were doing did not sound like that. Hey, I guess (laughs) all I had. You have to hear, and every time I try 
to fly. I fall without my wings. I feel so small. I can't believe you remember the words to that. Totally. And the music video is so sad. She's like in a bathtub and she almost drowns in it, I think. Oh, gall. I know. It's like not as sad as Travis Tritt's. Oh, jeez. I know, but still. Yeah. What was that song called? I can't. Uh, but I... Tell me uh, I was dreaming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell me I was dreaming. Remember, and he's in a wheelchair and his yes, wife is pregnant? Remember. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Even as like a seven-year-old, I cried every time I watched that video. Same. It's rough. It'll get you right in the ticker. Yeah. It really All does. right. All right. <laughs> what else can we talk about? I don't know. I think uh, I think we've really done all we can do here. I think so, too. Look, do you want to take a whack at singing a Britney song? Uh, no. No, thank you. I do all of the singing on the show, and I feel like I'm pulling a lot of weight, and I feel like you're not pulling any weight when it comes to karaokeing. <laughs> I sing sometimes. <laughs> I just, I don't want to do... Sing sometimes! Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do Britney a disservice. I do like sometimes. Sometimes I run. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I hide. Sometimes I'm scared of you. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> Sounds like it. Okay, let's be done with this. Yep, done. Done with it. Hey, thank you so okay. much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening, and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at KillerQueensPodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.